shame Who could carry that kind of weight It was my tune Till I met you I was breathing but not alive all my failures I tried to hide It was my tomb Till I met you You called my name And I ran out of that grave Out of the darkness Now your freedom is all that I know The old made new Jesus when I met you You called my
Well, good morning. He is risen. Amen. And what a way to begin our worship this morning with baptism. So let me pray, and then we're going to do that. Father, we thank you that through Jesus Christ, we can have resurrection life. And Father, we thank you for the ordinance of baptism that you have given to your church, that through baptism, through this picture of what it looks like for us to be buried in Christ, and then raised to walk in newness of life. Thank you for being a God who saves, a God who saves alone, in Christ alone. There is nothing else we can do but to rest and trust in the finished work of Christ. The cry from the cross, it is finished. And because of that declaration, we can celebrate today. Father, we thank you for Sadie who is coming. And Lord, just to do just that, to celebrate, to show, to demonstrate that she has given her life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, she has her entire life ahead of her. Thank you, Father, for how you have already provided for her. Thank you, God, in advance for all that you're going to do through her. And thank you, Father, that we get to be a part of this special day in her life where she declares, I'm alive in Jesus Christ. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. everybody knows who this sweet girl is. This is Sadie Stedham. And Sadie, about a month ago, uh, came into the office and at home had prayed to receive Jesus Christ as Lord, as Lord and Savior. And so we got to talk about that and got to talk about baptism. And I said, well, you ought to just let me know when you want to get baptized. And they said, Easter Sunday. And I said, that's perfect. Let's do it. And so uh, her dad is with me in the water trip. Mama's up here. You can't see her, but she's there. And you have a lot of family and friends here today, don't you? So if you're here, family and friends of Sadie, would you stand? Go ahead and stand. That is awesome. That is awesome. You, my girl, are very loved, uh, most of all by Jesus Christ. And so, Sadie, I have a question for you. Do you confess that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and Lord and Savior of your life? Awesome. Awesome. Then based upon that profession of faith, it's our privilege, your dad and mine, based upon the great commission of Jesus Christ, to baptize you, my sister, Sadie, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Buried in Christ, raised to walk in newness of life. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. All right, girl, you can head up. Awesome. All right, let, let's pray again. God, I don't even know if the words that we will say today are adequate enough to say thank you for being a God who saves. As we're about to declare, our God saves. Lord, you have saved a wretch like me. And it is our prayer that if there is anyone here today, in person or watching online, that has never given their life to Jesus Christ, that today, right now, this moment, before they leave, would be a day of salvation. As Pastor BJ challenged us earlier in the sunrise service, that they, would, that they would know that this is the day that Jesus changed them and saved them. Spirit of God, move in this place, we pray, through the singing, through the, through the preaching, through everything that is done, for your glory and your honor. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you please stand again. <clears throat> Sadie, through baptism, just declared, our God saved. She said, I am a life that's been saved. So let's celebrate that together. Two, 
name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Spirit, Lord, we come, we gather together to lift up your name, to call on a Savior, to fall on your grace. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Spirit, gather together to lift up your name, to call on a Savior, to fall on your grace. So hear the joyful sound of our offering as your saints bow down, as your people sing. We will rise with you lifted on your wings.
Amen. You may be seated. Well, good morning. Welcome to Northside Baptist Church. What a way to begin our time of worship. And those words we just sang, very, very important. In Christ alone. In Christ alone is how you and I are saved. And we are gathered this morning to worship our great God and King. Well, good morning. I know we have a lot of guests with us. Maybe you're just in town visiting and you were celebrating with Sadie, or maybe you came with a neighbor or a friend uh, and you're worshiping with us on this Easter Sunday. We are delighted to have you. Thank you for coming. Inside your bulletin is a place for you to fill out some information about yourself. And there's a, a box right out there in the foyer. You can put that uh, in, the in, in that box or you can just hand it to me on your way out. Uh, just a little bit of information about yourself. We want to know how we can pray for you, if there's any way that we can serve you. And we are so thankful that you are here with us this morning as we serve a risen King. Let me go ahead and just make a few announcements uh, right now, and that way we won't do that at the end. But let me draw your attention to how much money you all gave to our Annie Armstrong Easter offering. $9,375. You just said, Pastor, I see your goal, and we'll just double it. So I guess next year I've got to set the goal at 9000 to see if we can double it, right? Uh, but man, God is, God is good, and He is at work in your hearts. And we are singing about the risen Savior today. And you're giving generously. All of this money that you gave goes directly to our missionaries here in North America who are right now, through planting churches or through ministries, sharing the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ in some of the hardest cities in America. And so I know they are very thankful for your generosity. There's several other announcements that I want you to notice. The dates for VBS, we're having a membership class at the end of April, the last Sunday in April. I've got about 10 copies of that material up here. So if you want to come, just let me know, hey, we're going to be at the new members class, my family, how many people. And then if you'll just pick up one of those uh, booklets per family and just encourage you to kind of read through it just so you have a heads up as to just some of the stuff that we're going to briefly cover on that Sunday morning. We'll, we'll feed you, um, and so it'll be a great time of fellowship together. also want to draw your attention to a couple other things. There are no evening activities tonight. Spend the day with your family, continuing to celebrate uh, that Jesus is alive. There's no activities this week, uh, no upward practices, no upward games on Saturday, also no Wednesday activities either. And also, you probably noticed in the bulletin, if you were looking to see who is serving in children's church today, there is no children's church today. Um, I'm a firm believer, and I, and I like children's church, and it's good, and it's helpful for our kids. But on Easter Sunday, I want you to worship as a family. Um, and I want your kids to be able to see how you worship and what that looks like and, and to begin to learn what it looks like to sit under the preaching of, of God's Word. And so usually we go out here in one of our hymns. So if you have some kids, just hang tight. Um, I'm not going to preach for 45 minutes, so uh, I'm aware of that and trying to be conscious of that. But man, it's a great day uh, to be in the house of the Lord. We're going to sing in just a moment. So Curtis, if you want to come on up while he's coming, let's just once again go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we are about to sing, crown him with many crowns. Jesus, on Good Friday, you were crowned with a crown of thorns. But right now, we know that you are at the right hand of God the Father, and you are crowned as King of kings and Lord of lords. 
Oh God, I read earlier today. I mean, it, it spoke to me. That at the end of Genesis, we read that Joseph has died. At the end of Deuteronomy, we read that Moses has died. At the end of Joshua, we read that Joshua has died. But at the end of the Gospels, we read that Jesus Christ is alive. And that changes everything. So God, thank you. Thank you for the hope that we have. And as we sing, crown him with many crowns. Oh God, we know that you are king. And we pray that you would rule and reign, not only over the world, but in your church and in our hearts this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said, let's stand and worship together. sings this wonderful song about praise to our Lord.
Remain standing for just another moment, please, and take the copy 
you have of God's Word and turn to John 19. One verse, verse 30, as we continue our study in the seven sayings from the cross. John chapter 19, verse 30. This is the word of the Lord. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. You may be seated. Jesus, while on the cross, declares, It is finished. He is the only person who could affirm of his work, it is finished. Have you ever said the words, I'm done, I'm finished, I'm glad that's over? You know, we say those words, it is finished, I'm done, but we don't say them with the finality that Christ said them. Maybe you're out doing some yard work, and you have mowed, right, and you've you blowed it off, and before that you did your weed eating and your trimming, and it's been a hot day, and you're just like, I'm done. I'm done. Or maybe you were taking a test at school or preparing for your ACT or your SAT, and you were nervous about it, and when the time was up, you just thought, I'm done. Or maybe you were putting together a piece of furniture, and if you're like me, it takes you longer than it should, and you get frustrated, and finally you're just like, I'm done. If it stays, that's great. If it falls apart, I don't care, right? I'm, I'm done. Or maybe you're fixing something in the house, and if you're like me, you always make it worse before it gets better. And then you just say, I'm done. But here's the thing. There's always more yard work, always more tests to take, always more things to build or things to fix. It never stops. But when Jesus declares it is finished he meant it he meant it so just first of all let us ask the question what did jesus say what does he say well in the english it's three words it is finished in the greek it is one word that word is tetelestai if you have never heard that word before write it down it's on the screen and don't ever forget that word i can remember hearing this word for the first time when i was in youth group and our youth pastor preached, and he talked about the word tetelestai. That Greek word tetelestai comes from the verb teleo. It means to bring to end. It means to complete. It means to finish. The fourth statement that Jesus makes from the cross is, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And we see that Jesus, because he's bearing our sin, is separated from the presence of God. And as we read that, we can't help but think of the tragedy that Jesus would suffer in this way. And in the fifth statement, he utters the words, I thirst. And as we saw last week, we see the suffering of Christ, the humanity of Christ. And we may think, man, the tragedy of the cross. And then we hear the words of Jesus, it is finished. And we see the triumph of the cross. It is finished. It is finished. C.H. Spurgeon said, This one word, to Tetelestai, need all the other words that were ever spoken or ever can be spoken to explain it. It is altogether immeasurable. 
It is high. I cannot attain to it. It is deep. I cannot fathom it. This is a word of triumph. This is a word of finality. It means finished. It means accomplished. When Jesus says it is finished, it is finished. And his declaration, it is finished, is met by a resounding amen from God the Father when he raises his son from the dead. Jesus says, it is finished. And the Father says, amen. And he raises his son from the dead. It is finished. Through his death, burial, and resurrection, Jesus brings deliverance and victory. It is finished, he says. It is finished in me. But what is finished? What is finished? What does Jesus accomplish while he's on the cross? What does he purchase? What does he complete? What exactly is Jesus finishing when he says it is finished? Well, church, in my studies this week, there are many things that I could speak of. John Piper, uh, a brother in Christ reminded me of this past week through text message, has written a book on 50 reasons why Jesus Christ had to die. I'm not going to talk about all 50 of those this morning, amen? There's a lot that Jesus accomplishes on the cross. I just want to point out three of them to you. And I'm going to keep this as simple and as basic as I possibly can for two reasons. One, as believers, sometimes we just got to go back to the basics. We just have to remember exactly what it is that Christ purchased for us. And the other reason is that some of you maybe have never believed in Jesus Christ. You're here and you're still unsure. You're doubting and you wonder, what exactly did Jesus do for me? Why does it matter? And so I'm going to keep it very simple. We're going to spend the majority of our time on the first one. And then the second and third one, though important, we'll go through those a little bit quicker. So here's number one. Here's what Christ has finished on the cross. Jesus Christ defeated sin. He defeated sin. Jesus paid the debt we could not pay. My generation knows all about debt. My generation, not everyone, but a lot of us, we have debt. And so you know that if you accrue debt and you get to the point where you pay off that debt, you often will receive a notice or a letter from that institution stating your loan has been paid off. It has been paid in full. Some of you know what it's like to have financial debt. Some of you don't. You don't have any financial debt to speak of. But here's what every single one of us in this room knows, whether you actually know it or not. And that is, you have a spiritual debt. Every one of us has a spiritual debt. Well, what is that debt? Well, the scripture is very clear. For all have sinned. Who has sinned? All. Say that word with me again. All. Every one of us in this room, everyone watching online, we have all sinned and we fall short of the glory of God. And then Romans says this, for the wages, that which you deserve, that which you have earned because of your sin is death. For the wages of sin is death. With our sins, we have racked up a debt we cannot pay. We have sinned against a holy, righteous, just God. We were imprisoned to our sins. We were enslaved to our sin. We were dead in our sins and trespasses, and we had a list of debt against us. Every 
angry outburst that you have ever had is given to you. It is your debt. It's given to your record. It's written down. Every lust-filled look, every shady business deal, every word of gossip, every overlooked orphan and widow, every ignoring of the Scripture, every failure to pray, every time we have failed to love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength and have failed to love our neighbor as ourselves, all of that, that debt is on you because you have sinned against the Holy God. We have compiled a debt so great and deep that it would require us to spend not one year, not five years, not 50 years, but all eternity in a place called hell. Forever and ever and ever in hell, paying off the debt that you have because you have sinned against God. But Jesus Christ declared, it is finished. He is declaring that he has defeated sin. And he has paid the debt that we could not pay. Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He is the Lamb of God who offers up his own life as a payment so our debt can be paid in full. He is the victorious one who removes our sin, who removes our shame, and who removes our guilt. Jesus canceled the record of debt. He declared to Telestai, it is finished, paid in full. Your sins have been paid for through Jesus Christ's death upon the cross. Listen to Isaiah 53, 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. Again, that word all. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. Now listen to this. And the Lord has laid on him, Isaiah, looking forward to the Messiah, Christ, who is the Messiah, dying in our place. Isaiah says, and the Lord has laid on him, Jesus Christ, the iniquity of us all. A.W. Pink writes this, the guilt, condemnation, and penalty of sins was transferred to our substitute, Jesus Christ. Hence, because my sins were transferred to Christ, they are no more upon me. Church, do we realize how good that news really is? That your sin that you have committed against a holy, just, righteous God, the sin that you deserve to spend eternity in hell because you were guilty, that sin, if you believe in Jesus Christ, is no longer on you, but it is on him. Now hear me, sin is still in you. Because you're still a sinner, wrestling with the flesh. But God, through the resurrection, gives you the Spirit of God, right? The power to overcome that sin. So sin, though, in you is not on you. God is not holding your sin against you, though he would be just to do so. Rather, he sends his son. His son dies upon the cross. He declares it is finished so that your sins and mine can be dealt with. I love Colossians chapter 2. Verses 13 and 14. Listen to these words. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him. Somebody say amen. amen. God has made you alive together with Christ. Remember, Jesus says it is finished. God says amen, raises him from the dead. And because he lives, you and I can live. But look what else it says. 
God made it alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses. God has forgiven us our trespasses. How? By canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. Now, wait a minute. You and I are guilty. We've committed it. We, we, we stand before God and we are guilty. How can a holy, just, righteous God just cancel your debt? How can a holy, righteous God just turn and look the other way? He can't. He cannot just say, oh, just a little bit of sin, not a big deal. He can't do that. So how does God, the Father, deal with your sin? Listen to what it says. By canceling the record of debt that stood against us with his legal demands, this he set aside, nailing it to the cross. Your sin, your debt has been nailed to the cross of Jesus Christ. That's how your sin is dealt with. Now some of you are here this morning, right? And, you, and this is what you think. You think, well, you know what? I know I'm going to die, and I know I'm going to stand before God. Or maybe you think you're going to stand before God. I, I believe you're going to stand before God. That's what Scripture says. And, and maybe you've been asked the question, hey, when you stand before God, what are you going to say? How are you going to declare that you've been saved? And some of you think, some of you watching online think, that you will stand before God, and there's going to be these scales that are going to be weighed out before you. And as long as you're good, outweighs the bad, you're okay. Like this morning, if you're honest, you may even say you believe in Jesus, but the way you live your life, the way you talk, the way you think, at the end of the day, you think your salvation is going to be up to you and how good you can be. But what does Jesus Christ say on the cross? He says, it is finished. Notice he does not say, I am finished. Notice he does not say, you are finished. He said, it is finished. It is accomplished. It is done. And if Jesus says it's done, hear me, that means there is nothing you can add to the work of Jesus Christ. It is finished. The finished work of Christ. A.W. Pink, in his book, The Seven Sayings of the Savior on the Cross, tells the following story, which I thought very helpful, and I pray you will find it that way as well. He tells of a Christian farmer who was deeply concerned over his neighbor. His neighbor was a carpenter, and the farmer wanted to show the carpenter neighbor that the finished work of Christ was enough to save him. And in their conversations, he quickly learned that the carpenter persisted that, that there, there's something he could do to be saved. He didn't need Jesus. He could do what was necessary to be saved. And so one day, the farmer asked the carpenter, he said, will you make for me a gate? The carpenter agreed. He makes the gate. He brings it to the farmer's house. He drops it off, and the farmer says, hey, I'm going to put up the gate tomorrow morning. Will you come back and, and help me? So the following morning, the carpenter arrives, and he is shocked to find the farmer standing there by the gate with an axe in his hand. The carpenter said, uh, what, what are you going to do? What are you going to do with that axe? And the farmer said, well, I'm going to add a few cuts here and a few strokes to your work, if you don't mind. And the carpenter said, no, 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 there's no need for it. The gate is it's perfect. The gate was built just the way it needed to be built. It's not necessary to alter my work. But the farmer did not listen. Instead, he lifted up that axe and he began to chop it and slice it and hack it until the gate was completely ruined. And the carpenter cried out, look what you have done. You have ruined my gate. And the farmer looked at the carpenter and said, and that is exactly what you are trying to do. 
When you seek to add to the finished work of Jesus Christ with your miserable offerings, you think you can earn your way to heaven when Christ has already finished the work. And that carpenter that day gave his life to Jesus Christ. It is finished. That means there is nothing you can add to it. So hear me. Stop trying to nullify the finished work of Christ with the good works that you think you can offer. And just simply give your life to Jesus by grace through faith alone. This morning, sin has no power over you any longer through Jesus Christ. Guilt and shame have no power over you any longer. Man of sorrows, what a name for the Son of God who came. Ruined sinners to reclaim. Hallelujah. What a Savior. Bearing shame and scoffing rude. In my place condemned he stood, sealed my pardon with his blood. Hallelujah. What a Savior. Guilty, vile, and helpless we, spotless Lamb of God was he. Full atonement can it be. Hallelujah. What a Savior. When Jesus Christ says it is finished and on the third day is raised from the dead, understand that means sin is defeated. And this morning, you can experience the forgiveness of God by simply believing and taking hold of Jesus. Number two, and much quicker, number two, Christ defeated Satan. You have three enemies, three enemies. You have sin, which is your enemy and seeks to destroy you. And then you have Satan, the devil, who seeks to destroy you, to kill, to steal, and destroy And when Jesus Christ declares it is finished, you and I realize that Jesus is the seed of the woman who comes to crush the head of the serpent. For the Christian, the devil is a vanquished foe. Hebrews 2.14 says, Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself, Jesus himself, likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death. That is the devil. Now, to human appearance, it looks like the cross was the moment of Satan's greatest triumph. For six hours, it looks like Satan and his minions, his demons, have won. And then Jesus declares to Telestai, it is finished. And with that one word, he ultimately defeats the devil. He brings victory over Satan. So church, hear me, Satan is a defeated foe. Live like he's a defeated foe. Now you need to be aware, because he prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking those whom he devours. I'm not saying dismiss him altogether. I'm just saying live your life as the victor, because Christ is one. He is one. He says, resist the devil, and what? He'll flee from you. There's power in that, because Christ has one. One thing Satan seeks to do to brothers and sisters in Christ, those who have given their life to Jesus, is he seeks to accuse us. Satan's really good at throwing your sins and your failures in your face. He accuses you over and over. Ah, you blew it again. You failed again. He points out your sins. He points out your flaws. He points out your imperfections. He points out your failures. He reminds you that your obedience is imperfect, right? He reminds you that your service is 
imperfect. He reminds you that your love is fluctuating. And he begins to whisper in your ear, do you really love this Jesus that you claim to love? Could you possibly live like this? He could never forgive you of your sins. But hear me, church, his accusations fall on deaf ears. Because when he begins to accuse you, you just remind him and you remind yourself that Jesus Christ declared, it is finished. Satan is finished. When Jesus says it is finished, it is finished. He shouts, it is finished with a cry. And again, God raises him from the dead to say, your work is complete. Amen and amen. Christ has defeated sin. Christ has defeated Satan. I told you that point would be shorter. One more. Christ has defeated death. He has defeated death. It is finished. Because Jesus lives though we die and we will die, yet we live. Because Christ lives. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Lifted up was he to die. It is finished was his cry. Now in heaven exalted high. Hallelujah. What a Savior. When he comes, our glorious king, all his ransomed home to bring, then anew his song will sing. Hallelujah. What a Savior. When Jesus says it is finished, it is finished. When we hear those words, he is not here, he is risen, we understand that he has defeated death once and for all. Death is dead and Christ is risen. Several years ago, it was two days before Easter Sunday. I've been preparing to preach that week. We were living in Florida. My mom was living in Kentucky, and my aunt, who had cancer, was very close to dying. It was just a matter of time. And I remember receiving the following text message from my mom. And this is what it said. The move is done. By that, they meant they had to move her and shift her one more time. She was in her home. They were trying to get her comfortable, and they knew that in this move, she could very well take her last breath. But the move, they were able to move her. It says the move is done. She's still with us. Can really hear the congestion and rattling, giving her more medicine for that. And then I read these words. Victory should occur very soon. I remember sitting there, 12 hours from my mom. I couldn't hug her. I couldn't reach out and just let her know just by embracing her, hey, mom, I love you. We're here for you. In that, in, in that text message, I could, I could sense the grief. I could sense the pain. This was her sister. She loved her sister. But then I just looked over that line, that last line one more time. Victory should occur very soon. And I thought, man, what kind of faith, what kind of hope does it take for someone who's in the midst of losing someone they love to see death as victory? To say victory is occurring very soon. And I remember, like it was yesterday, sitting there reading the text message, and it's as if I could hear the words of Jesus say, to tell us die, it is finished. 
Victory has been won. We don't have to fear the grave. We don't have to fear death. That even in loss, we can rejoice because Jesus Christ is alive. Amen. He is alive. Victory. Oh, that victory is coming, church. Yes, we still deal with sin. And yes, we still attend funerals. And yes, Satan still is roaming around and seeking to destroy. But we already know how the story ends. Because we know Jesus Christ is alive. It is finished. To tell us die. Would you close your eyes and bow your head? Do you know in your heart this morning the power of those words? It is finished. Maybe you came in this morning and, and you would say, you know, Pastor, I'm a sinner. I know that I've been running from that, but I know I've been living against God, rebelling against God. And, and this morning through the singing, through seeing Sadie being baptized, through the preaching of your word, man, I, I realize that I have this debt that I cannot pay and I don't want to spend eternity in hell. And you just offer me this hope that comes through Jesus Christ. If you've never given your life to Jesus, would you right now do that? Right now, would you just cry out, Lord Jesus, save me, a sinner. I confess my sins to you. I confess that I have a debt I cannot pay. But right now, I am crying out by faith in a resurrected, risen Savior. Jesus Christ, save me. BJ talked this morning in the sunrise service about how Jesus called Mary by her name. All this morning, can you hear God calling you by name? Can you hear him saying, stop running? Stop running. Stop trying. And just come to my son and believe in him and rest in him. If you've never given your life to Jesus, will you do that now? Listen, maybe you came in this morning and, and you've lost sight of, of the hope of the resurrection. We talked about it in the sunrise service. It's been a rough year for many people. And maybe right now you're in the midst of some difficult circumstances in your life. But I want you to hear the words of Jesus. It is finished. To tell us die. Paid in full. And would you just lift your eyes up to the heavens? Will you once again... Fix your eyes upon Christ. Take your eyes off of the things of the world. Stop listening so much to the local news and get in the Word of God and begin to hear Jesus Christ and His words speak over your life. Maybe you're a believer in Christ, but you've wandered away from Him. You've walked away from Him, living in a life of sin. Understand your sins have been paid for. You, you gave your life to Jesus, so this morning, you don't got to give your life to Jesus anew. You just need to come home. Like that prodigal son who walked away, you return to the Lord and you will find the Father waiting with open arms. Stop making excuses. Stop adding to the finished work of Christ and just rest. Let me, let me tell you what we're going to do. In, in just a few minutes, we're going to end our service by singing the song, Death Was Arrested. But before we do that, um, I want to introduce a new song to you. You guys know uh, my love for City of Light. Uh, just a couple of days ago, I saw they released a new song called It Was Finished Upon the Cross. Um, and so what I'm just going to ask you to remain seated. I'm going to ask you, you can look at the screen, you can close your eyes, you can pray, you can worship however the Lord leads you to. But I just want, as you hear these words sung over you this morning, I just want you to one more time, before we sing together, be reminded that when Jesus says it is finished, it is finished. And what does that mean for you?
from the dead, but by our belief and faith in the name of Jesus, we too have been raised to life. We are free, free forever. Amen. We are free. So Father, we want to praise you for that one more time as the body of Christ on this Easter Sunday. And oh God, even while we sing, Spirit, continue to move and work in the hearts and lives of those who are here. 
And may our rejoicing not cease when we leave this building, but may we continue to rejoice in the parking lot and at homes and anywhere and everywhere we go today. May they see it in the smiles on our faces and the joy in our heart that Christ the Lord is risen today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Be glorified. Be magnified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Church, death was arrested. Amen. Would you stand and let's worship together one more time. Alone in my sorrow and dead in my sin Lost without hope, no place to begin Your love made a way to let mercy come in When death was arrested by lightning Oh, Ash was redeemed, only beauty my orphan heart was given My morning grew quiet, my feet rose to dance When death was arrested, my life began Oh, your grace so free washes
Thank you.